Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Hip Hop Babies. Babies! Hey! Babies! Yes, sir. I'm waiting on one person. Bro, let's go. <laughs> the energy, bro. <laughs> it's a late night. It's on the late night, just so y'all know. Welcome back to a late night pod. Yes, I'm sir. Elite with my boy Ray to the left of me. And below hey. is that man, AC. It's good. Everybody clap it up for AC. Where's my soundboard? <laughs> AC, I just got one thing to ask you tonight. How you doing, bro? Bro, I'm cool. I'm here. I'm blessed. That's all I got to say, bro. I'm blessed and I'm here. I'm alive, so. I'm above the ground, so that's that's a that's a good good place to be. We glad for that, bro. We glad you're safe. All yep. Right. Oh, uh, Ray Love. Uh, I had a I had a guest caller call in, and he he told me to ask you one thing. How's your mental? <laughs> it's all right, man. I've been staying positive. You know, playing 2K and Apex, like I said last episode. Okay. Uh, watching everything go down, it's been crazy to see. You know, as usual, I'm ready to get into these topics. Get them. Get them. <laughs> uh, I was just saying shit on the mic. But, um, no, nah, Deadly, how you been? Let's, let's let's check in on you. How you been? Your niggas down bad right now. Definitely down <laughs> bad. Um, I've been doing all right for the most part. You know, I've been making my bread, you know, doing some protests here and there. Trying to do my part in general. I got I got laid off because uh, we ain't making enough money because of you know big old COVID is rearing his ugly head again. So trying to make it through, bro. I'm just trying. No, to I feel through. you. I feel you. COVID, this COVID shit fucked everything up, and now we got protests and all this about Black Lives and shit. People not taking it seriously. It's 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 just been a crazy time. Yes, sir. You know that's that's how we gonna have to open it up again. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not getting better, bro. That's so sad. Like we did that episode a few weeks ago now, I think. And it's arguably gotten worse because now we're reopening, you know, things are, people are trying to act like everything's normal, but it's not, you know, we still got protests going on. We still got COVID going on and people are still dying. People are still getting sick. At a decent rate, it's not like shit is hella slowing down. Mm. So it's just been crazy to see like the push to get things back to normal when it's really not normal. And you know what's crazy is all these media outlets, you know, that are supposed to be reporting on everything that's happening, and you know, just in general, that a lot of them are moving on from what's actually going down like as far as like protests go you don't see protests as much in the news uh because you know it's peaceful it's peaceful so uh, that's not going to get you clicks so you don't you're not talking about it um you know we're talking about sports opening back up you know nba is is gearing up to uh, start their season and it's taking away attention from the whole movement in general so we have this whole movement we have COVID 19 we have two important issues that we're facing right now as a country, and I'm surprised I'm not seeing it in my face in the media uh, every day. 
I'm I'm seeing on social media. It's been crazy to see because there was a whole push for it way earlier. When this shit was first going down, it was like it was everywhere. The protests, the riots, that was a whole nother thing. They were showing more so the riot side than the peaceful protest. Everything's kind of, it's not died down. There's still a push for it. But the media, like you said, isn't showing what's going down as much. It's slowed down to a certain degree. But I love to see that there's still people fighting for change that genuinely either care or just join the movement. And it just, it still suits them. Because we need change. We need legislation. We need more than just what's going down. We don't need this push for change for a minute because it's a trend and then slow down. We need something constant because otherwise nothing's going to change. Well, I agree with that. I think the reason why the news media and the different outlets aren't covering it as much is because, like you just said, it's not a trend anymore. I think now people are more so looking for change permanently. It's not just a trendy thing to do. So when it's not messy and it's it's well put together and people aren't violent and there's not rioters, it's boring. You know, I don't care for that. They want to see all the messiness that goes on with it. Now, as for the sports aspect, if sports do start happening again, that's going to be, I wouldn't say a problem for the movement because I feel like uh, players in the NBA, players in the NHL, they have these platforms where people are looking and they have eyes on, you know, people, they have a lot of eyes on them. They can use that as, you know, another force of protest. That will definitely get clicks again. That will get people to talk about the issue once again. But if they don't do that, then that's going to give it a, um, you know, give it something to take away from our protests and stuff like that. I feel like we're in a point where we don't need to be seeing celebrities and uh, sports athletes do it. Yeah, of course not. We've seen Colin Kaepernick do the the kneeling protest. We've seen um, multiple players across different leagues uh, doing the kneel. Back in 2016, we have we got it, we got it. But you know, to put on sports right now and then have the NBA playoffs go on immediately, people are going to be worried about oh, how's my team doing? Worrying about like this just a whole different thing that they don't need to be worrying about. We don't need entertainment right now. We'll see. I I understand where you're coming from. I think though it could hurt, I think it could help too. But no, I don't, I don't see it as, Oh man, we really need LeBron James to come out and make a statement. We really need Jay-Z to come. No, we don't. Those, they are just people as well. Like, it's not like we have to have somebody who is looked at in the limelight as somebody who has a powerful voice to come out and say something. The streets is talking. That should be enough for you to make change. It doesn't have to be a powerful person, you know, whoever you put, you know, the power in to make a statement. Honestly, I really think it would do more hurt than help if we started sports back up, but I believe it could help though. Um, well, I mean, you're just trying to see the other, the other side of the argument. I understand it. But. Yeah, I, I, but I agree with you. No, I, I, I do. I do believe it'll be more of a distraction. I want to believe that it could help, but I do believe it'll be more of a distraction. I mean, it depends because, like, you, like AC saying, if the sports people are using their platform during the games or something to bring awareness, then yeah, it could be a benefit. But I don't know if you guys have seen what Dwight Howard is saying. He was saying, like, he doesn't want to play until this stuff gets resolved. 
And it was crazy to see because he's on the Lakers, so everyone's saying, like, you could get a ring. Like, why are you doing this? But it's like, it's bigger than that. Yeah. Like, it could be a positive as, like, people bringing awareness, but at the same time, it could just push things away. And I think that's why players like Lou White or Lou Williams are saying, like, we don't know if we want to play right now because that can distract from what's going on. I'm hoping that if we do push for the NBA or the NBA just starts, that it won't affect the movement, that people will still notice what's going on because people need money. Like, the NBA is about money at the end of the day, so it's probably going to resume without certain players or not. We'll see what happens because this could be bad. See, this it goes back to, like, like again, who cares about the stature of the person? Like, if they have, you know, if they're very famous, whatever, right? It doesn't, that doesn't matter. But it does matter in a certain degree because the players like LeBron say, I'm not going to play. People won't listen. If if LeBron came out and he comes out and says, I don't want to play until this is resolved. Maybe they keep going on and playing without him. Maybe they don't. But I think if it take if they got a lot of starters and start uh names like Curry, LeBron, Clay, whoever KD, and they say I'm not playing until this is like fixed, their numbers are to drastically drop. Well, you did have Kyrie do it. Um, and then he had a group call with like ninety 90 other NBA players or something like that, telling them that basically he didn't want to do it and that he felt like it was going to take away from the movement and all this. Um, just kind of a just brief summary, but uh, people were calling out Kyrie and saying that his team doesn't have a shot, so he's not concerned about it or anything like that. Well, Kyrie's not playing whether he's the NBA's he's back or not. He's hurt or he was dealing with an injury. Something and the whole thing is Kyrie is the VP of the – the NBA Players Union. He's the vice, he's one of the vice presidents of the NBA Players Union. So what happened was he had a meeting with the players because he wanted to give the the players who weren't a part of the meetings because he's part of meetings that other players aren't a part of because he's the vice president of the players. Union. So he gets to talk to the people who negotiates their deals with the TV companies and stuff. You know what I'm saying? He's part of that, just like Chris Paul. He was basically just giving them a voice. He wasn't, I mean, he obviously has an opinion like Debbie's saying where he doesn't, he might not want the league to come at because, you know, he's one of them players that think outside. Like, he's like an outside-the-box motherfucker. Like, he wants to, he wants to think and talk about issues that he sometimes doesn't have to talk about because he wants to do that. And that's dope, but he was just giving them a voice to be heard. And I like that because, like we're saying, Basketball could detract from the movement. So if he really thinks that, he should give the voices to the players who might not want to play because it's going down. This uh, And I feel like this is definitely um, a turning point for just the way that people view these sports leagues in general. How money hungry are they actually? Because um, we mm-hmm. are generate millions, uh, if not billions uh, of dollars in avenue or revenue. So, yeah, we're just going to really see how greedy they are, if they're going to be willing to put people's lives on the line, if they're also going to be, you know, detracting from a, a human rights movement. So two major things that that's going on right now. I just seen Cowboys players are, are contracting coronavirus. Yep. You, you think your bubble in Orlando is going to work? And you, you're saying you're having people, Adam Silver had said that people who are, non-essential staff or something like that that work in in the area are going to be able to leave and come back but all the players and the coaches have to stay in orlando doesn't make any sense yeah that's a whole nother layer of covid because 
you got to think, you know, of course we're focused on the BLM movement and all like, you know, the protests and stuff going on, but like these players can get sick, you know, is this bubble going to work? That was a whole nother thing that Kyrie touched on that we're not even like, you know, we're just starting to talk about because the whole, the whole focus right now is of course on black lives matter. We want our voices to be heard, but what if the coaches get sick? A lot of these coaches are older. What if these players get sick and then they can't play? That's going to change things. Like, is this going to work? Is it a more of a health risk than a? Is it more of a health risk that that's gonna, then it's going to benefit the players? Because at the end of the day, like we're saying, it's about money. Hey, but I wanted to say something before we because we might switch topics. Deadly, you were at protests. I want to hear your experience because I don't know. AC, did you go to any protests? No. No, 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 you know, I didn't go, I didn't go I've been at the house quarantining. AC's been at work. How was your experience at the protest? Okay, so I went to a few protests. I'll talk about Brentwood, Oakley one first. That one was really cool, organized by some uh, guy who went to Liberty High School. I think we were in like the same class. I think he went to Liberty. I think so. Because he was from Brentwood um, and he was, I, I kind of recognized him. So it was a, you know, a, a pretty big protest, pretty big turnout. You know, this was during like some of the first days, maybe like the first two, three days of uh, the protests actually happening. Um, we marched up and down Main Street in Oakley. Uh, so a pretty high traffic street. Uh, police officers let us march. You know, they were all cops are bastards. OK, <laughs> but, you know, they let us go up and down the street in Oakley and he ended up taking a kneel. Uh, a knee with us and that went viral um that that whole video of the oakley pd uh, that went viral then we also went to brentwood and then there was a video that i was in that was actually used for donald trump's ad campaign for some bullshit about him getting reelected. and it was like you need to be nice to cops or something that's what it was saying uh so we went to brentwood and we we took a knee and the guy took a knee too and he like lectured us on how all cops aren't bad and all this that shit was just disappointing to me it was it was cool cool. we went out there i feel like everybody in the in the vicinity heard our voices they were they're with us um i just feel like the cops were capping a little bit as to what they actually felt i really don't I, i feel like they were just being pc to just you know put out propaganda that all cops aren't bad yeah bastards so you know it, that was whatever and then i went to one uh in san francisco and that one was uh pretty beautiful uh went from mission high school down to the jail we had made it to the jail and then i i ended up leaving because it was a uh, curfew i had some people with me they didn't want to stay past curfew the general feeling that i got from from these protests they were completely peaceful completely filled with people who were mourning george floyd brianna taylor all these other people um obviously are very passionate about it. Um, These events had people that were around my age, mainly going up to like 30 years old, like that whole generation is really pushing, leading this movement. And it's really beautiful to see uh, people coming together to uh, fight for what's right in general um, and not take people's bullshit anymore. It was cool. I'm I'm trying to get a more protests. As this stuff has gone on, you know, as... The protests have gone on and more cases have come up, you know, as I'm starting to see, like, people are finding more cases of, like, Black people being murdered. There was that incident recently in Atlanta where the dude got shot by the cops. 
even though he was running away with a taser and aiming at him, they probably didn't have to use deadly force like they did. We're still seeing this happening as these protests are going on. Yep. And four different people get uh, lynched. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, there's been a lot of hate crimes, I think, and they're being pushed as suicides to us, like Black people killing themselves in public, hanging themselves. What are the coincidences you think that these Black Lives Matter movement is going on strong, that we're seeing Black people hang themselves in nooses? That's what I mean. Like, there's obviously some people, white, whatever, that are mad about what's going on. And they're lynching black people again in certain areas. And it's scary to see, you know, as the Black Lives Movement is still pushing on strong, there's obviously going to be some detractors, even some haters to the point where they're going to go out and kill black people or kill minorities because this is happening because they're afraid to change. And we can't let that detract from the movement. And if anything, it should be more validation that Black Lives Matter and we need to push stronger because we're not seeing change as we think we should. We should see legislation or something. Like it's, it's scary to see that even with all this going on, Corona, because Corona's affecting our community hard too. We're getting hit the hardest. We got to fight for something. Something got to give. Like I've been saying, something's got to give. This has been going on for too long. I, you know, I, you know, what I saw and I think it's very strange is every time there is a movement by Black people trying to bring about change, and not just Black people, people who believe that. All people of, doesn't matter what racial background you are, all people deserve, you know, a fair chance at life. Whenever there's some kind of movement like that, you always see that Confederate flag come out. Always see that Confederate flag come out. And why is that? They, they, don't, they do not want to see change. Mm-hmm. They always believe there's the superior race. They believe that, you know, people of color or whoever supports people of color don't amount to anything. And I just don't understand. I, I, I just, it's hard to believe and understand that, man, there's some, there's people with that much hate in their heart, but unfortunately there is, but it takes things like, you know, people coming out because it takes more than just black people getting together. It takes people who are white, who are Asian, who are Hispanic. It that and that's what I'm seeing in this movement this time around versus uh, the other protests that have happened in years prior to this one. That there's a lot of people who are not black coming out and fighting for you know black people and our rights. That is really important when the majority comes together. They're starting to, you, you start seeing some change. Yeah, we've definitely seen, uh, you know, um, all of George Floyd's murderers get at least put in jail. Uh, three of them did get off on bail. But put in jail, uh, we've seen uh, a, Karen, a Karen law put in place. Um, we've seen <laughs> the Minneapolis, uh, Minneapolis uh, Police Department is completely defunded um, and disbanded. Um, SF is getting rid of some officers to put in uh, community helpers in general just to deal with stuff that is community affairs and does not involve police officers, does not involve somebody with a gun. You do not need somebody with a gun to come and handle some fucking uh, domestic matter, like some dis- domestic dispute between a couple of neighbors. You don't need the cops to come mediate that. 
there's plenty of situations that we have in our communities that do not warrant somebody with a, who's toting a gun uh, trying to flex his power on somebody uh, to come in and deal with it. You know, we have other people that are better specialized in dealing with these types of types of things, uh, dealing with homeless people, dealing with mentally ill. A police officer is not trained to do all that. Um, and they, they should not be allowed to just come and terrorize communities like they, like they normally do. You know, it, I think it's past due where we have some people that are, that are knowledgeable and trained to come and de-escalate a situation, you know, when it comes to something like an argument between neighbors or something, you know, some that, that is so overdue. But I, I do want to go back and speak on the situation about the Wendy's situation with the gentleman that was killed. Who has the taser? Yeah. Yeah. That, that I watched the whole video. There's a whole 40-some minute video on YouTube. And I watched it. I said, where, how could this have gone south? And, and watching the video, you know, at the beginning of the video, I was actually, you know, happy to see that, man, okay, these people they're they're sitting there they're having a conversation they're trying to figure things out and then the 40 minute hit the 40 minute mark hit and everything went south why in the world did this man grab an officer's taser look i'm not on any side of the officer i'm not i'm on the side of right why would you grab this man's taser knowing about the hostile environment that we are living in that makes zero sense. Did the cop have to shoot him in the back twice? No. Two times? He shot him in the back twice. Ignoring the fact that he had backup, ignoring the fact that the man was running away from him, was not running near. The, the situation could have been fixed man, minutes ago. Man, all I got to say is we've seen incidents where cops, they have the man pinned on the ground. Of course. Grant, this is in Oakland. Sorry, they have the man pinned on the ground. Cop says he felt like he was pulling out his taser. He pulled out a gun and killed him, and he got off with it. Right, of as course. A black man, as a black man, I get what you're saying. Why we would you can't. fight with the police? Why would you run with the man's taser? But in a fight for your life situation, when you know these cops can get away with killing you for nothing, even if you comply, I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. I think it's going to hit a point where people, you're going to start to see these people are getting the cops' guns and shooting them or having their own guns and just shooting these police because it's like, why? Like I said, I'm on the I'm on the side of right. And I'm not and I'm not and I'm not, you know, going here. I'm not trying to by any means justify what that police officer did. But and it shouldn't be this way. Me saying this like this should not be this way. But as a black man, you already should know, unfortunately unfortunately that you have to act a certain way in terms of when you are encountering a police officer it, it makes no sense it's so sad it's so sad but the fact but the, the the sad truth is this man should not have grabbed this man's taser no he shouldn't I, have. I, he shouldn't have and i i there's no way around that i i i don't care what you say there's no way around that like i said before should he have been shot in the back twice? No. Should this police officer lose his job? Yes. Both of them. They should not be on the force. 
they're obviously not trained enough to de-escalate a situation. This man said he lived right down the block. Why would you not offer him assistance? You you tested him and you found out that he was not uh, able to drive. If he's not able to drive, if he's not able to walk, offer him an assistance. That's that's what the police are supposed to do. They're supposed to serve and protect, like they say they have, like they have written on their car. They're supposed to serve and protect. They want to protect him. They wanted to send him to jail for being drunk in public, or worse. That's what I'm saying. That's what the whole thing was about. But you how know, many times? But hold up. How many times have we seen them not give them a reason? Of course, yeah. Right. So at that point, he was in a fight or flight situation. He probably knew at this point I'm either dead or going to be in jail for a minute for resisting arrest, being drunk in public, and they could have made a whole other thing. Yeah. Why I- not? You might as well, like, now Now there might be change in the area. You, we saw the Wendy's got burned down for that. This is not a joke no more. You can't just call the cops on people because the cops will eat. This is the thing. The whole situation happened because someone called the cops and the cops wanted to make it a big deal. Like you're saying, why didn't they just assist them? Why didn't they just send, send them home? You yeah. know why? Because they wanted to, it's a benefit for them to send them to jail. More than to send them home. Oh, for, of course. Yeah, no, they, no. there's money. No, that really, I did a report. The, you know, it, it's beneficial to send, you know, them to obviously to, to jail or, you know, worse if they can get them to go to prison. You know, if they, if they have gumption or enough, you know, things against them to go to prison, they rather do that. It's just another form of slavery. You know, they have that prison written off as you know correctional purposes and whatever but you know it's a form of slavery it's just ridiculous that you know Mm -hmm. yeah to come to that uh i think ray made a really good point why why not just send them home why do why do people who are in talk have to get put in jail like is that really something that we have to you know imprison people for i feel like a lot of our laws for like stupid and petty minor shit uh, is really just to terrorize communities um, in general, and uh, you know make pe- make people. Uh, it's policing without policing, so they like police minor minor stuff. So if you do some minor thing, um, you're going to be scared doing it. But you know people commit crimes out of um, positions of, of poverty, and uh, I'm not talking about violent crimes. We're talking about just like you know crimes in general, like petty theft stuff like that. You know positions of poverty. These aren't people who want to just be stealing just because, or these aren't people who want to be in the situations they're in just because, you know, these people are doing this because they're in a drastic situation. They don't get the benefit from the government. All that funding is going to, to the police force. So, you know, defund police, put money back into communities, and you'll see reduced crime rate. I, I totally agree with you on the point, like, Stop spending so much money on these police and spend money on the people in the communities and maybe you wouldn't have to feel like you need to spend so much money on police and making our police like military. There's an issue, obviously. There's a tension there and it makes it bigger than it should be. That's all it is. It's definitely true. And, uh, you know, they say silence is violence. That that means the same shit for police officers, you know? Mm -hmm. You being silent in your community and not saying anything um, you continuing to work your job after seeing uh, how police officers have treated these peaceful protesters, um, how young African-Americans react to things that are going on. 
we saw this back in, in 2016 too. We see this all the time. I think it's going to hit a point where we're going to start to see, like I said, it's a fight or flight situation. It shouldn't be that, but it is like that right now. Um, we're going to start to see where the cop, like, you know how they're starting to pull a gun on us with no issue? We're yeah. seeing videos where a person is disputing why they're arrested. Like, they're just asking basic rights questions, like, why did you pull me over? And the cop just pulls a gun on them because they feel like they can. You know why? Because they can't. That's the scary thing. They can. And they can pull it and they say, I was afraid. So we're going to start to see. Well, black people are to see, the, the black people are going to start to say, well, we're afraid. So why not? It shouldn't be that way. I don't want it to be that way. And it's going to make it maybe even worse. But the thing I'm is, bro, say, ask them that, bro. The, yeah, hey, 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 it's bad. It's bad right now, bro. They're killing us and getting away with it every time. Every time. There's no change. You literally start to see, bro, these cops, they pull the gun on you, bro. And at that point, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do because at that point, you either got to listen and they might blow you away anyway. It shouldn't be like that. But that's how it is, bro. And I don't want it to be like that, but it's going to hit to a point where we're going to start to see certain people act out. I definitely agree. Because it's, it's fuck the police. If everybody really about that talk, it's fuck the police. Why? Maybe that's why the dude pulled the taser off because he was like, fuck it, you're not just going to shoot me and get away with it, bro. He knew, bro. He probably knew, but why? Like we're saying, why did it even get to that point? He was complying. He was talking to him. Why did it get to the point where he was fighting for it? Did feel like he needed to fight for his life? You, you are driving and, and handling the vehicle under the influence. Oh that, yeah, against the law. You all right? So that's what I'm saying. You. He was I, asleep in the parking lot. He was. Now who's to say? But he, but he was operating a vehicle. Well, he wasn't driving at the time, was he? It, you you can't operate a vehicle when you're drunk. I know, but he wasn't in it, was he? Well, I mean, he was in it, but was he driving? The car was on. And so how do you get to that point? Well, That's what I'm saying. Like, look, I'm, I'm all for, you know, when something's wrong, it's wrong. And we, I believe they were both started off good. I believe they did. I believe they both started off good and went wrong. Both of them. Not just the cop. Not just the uh, not the gentleman who unfortunately is now dead for no reason, or not not for no reason, but he shouldn't be dead. They both they both were wrong. Unfortunately, black folks, black men, black women, black folks. Period. We cannot take chances like that. So to Ray's point, if we walk, if a black first off, I saw a great video where a black guy was walking around. Walking around and he, and he knew his rights. So if we're going to do that, if we're going to walk around with our protection and with guns, which you are warranted, which you which you are able to have legally, you have to know your rights. But if we go around, if we go around walking around with guns and we're frantic with them and stuff like that, it's going to be bloodshed. I, I'm not I know, but that. we see people of other, like, okay, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. We see white people walking around with guns all the time. Why yep. is it an issue for a black man to have a gun? It's not. A, it, it, that's the problem. See, it is an it issue. Shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. An, I, was, I didn't mean to say it's not an issue. Because if it show is an issue. But it shouldn't be an issue. The rules are different for us. Right. It exactly. shouldn't be that way. It should not be that way. It that's why. That's the ultimate problem. Yeah. That's why this whole argument we don't doesn't get make sense. Luxury. No. We do not get the same luxury. Mm -mm. 
it's just that is the unfortunate truth you can't let situations like this allow somebody else to come and have an argument because right now people who are defending the police have an argument that is what i'm trying to say with this last situation at wendy's they have an argument we can't give them arguments there now there's plenty of there's plenty of things that have played out that where they don't have an argument and they'll try to make an argument we already know they're going to do that they're, they're going to try to make a wrong or right 10 out of 10 times our goal and what we must do, it shouldn't be a goal. We have to do it, is to not give them an argument. Well, the thing is, bro, some of these protests, riots, we have given them an argument. And to a certain degree, it's created some change, bro. You need a certain level of fear on both sides. No, it doesn't I mean you that. should act on it. But right now, police have too much of a right to act on it. They have no consequence for when they act on out of fear. They can act on fear if they want, and that's the scary thing. They can shoot you and just say, I was afraid for my life. Carter, you go to school, you do everything right. There's always that one chance so that that one cop will take it too far, and it's your fault no matter what. No. It shouldn't be that way. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. I already know. I'm I'm completely by the book type of person, and I know they can, they can still kill me tomorrow for something that I didn't do. Or I was wrongfully wrongfully accused. I understand that. I feel like I'm doing my part in which like I keep going back to this. It should not be this way. It really shouldn't. But I'm I'm doing my part in the sense of I'm not even trying to give them close to an excuse to do that to me. But sometimes but, it don't take that. A lot of times people are like, oh man, why you gotta destroy this and this and this? Since Nordstrom got messed up and these businesses and companies got messed up. They said, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to speak on this topic. It got them to speak up and talk about it. So like you said, Ray, you said um, sometimes there has to be force. This this is the way of being forceful sometimes is trying to, you know, make them move and speak about a topic that they normally wouldn't speak about. Force their hand a little bit because when you force their hand, it makes them have to speak on a situation where they probably normally wouldn't. Like in Ferguson, for example, when you do just do, you know, you have it in your own community and you don't make somebody else uncomfortable, they're not gonna speak about anything. They're they're you know, they're completely comfortable. They're not bothering me or whatever. But when you start, you know, making them uncomfortable and forcing them hand their hands to talk about the situation, that's when change becomes, you know more of a topic at hand when they when you when they feel like oh wow well i i definitely agree with you what you're saying but also i feel like to a degree it's just you know putting on a front so hey don't break our store hey yeah that yeah so you're gonna have so that's you know we and me and my pop spoke about that too you're gonna have people that are just out there gonna say you know say stuff to save face you know what i'm saying yeah. for sure now but now i do believe that there's some people out there that are saying like man there needs to be change but like you said lee i unfortunately there are a lot of folks or i don't know how many people there are gonna be people out there saying oh yeah we're with the black community they don't really care about you yeah definitely but i do that i do think there's a lot of genuine change yeah but like like i said i mean i'm telling you it's not just black folks out there now that 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 it makes a huge difference it ain't just black people out there because as we all know African-Americans are a minority in America. 
Uh, if you have everybody in America talking about one thing, moving towards one thing. Of course, it's dope that white people are out here fighting for our rights. But at the same time, we need to fight from within our own communities. And that's the thing. Of course, you need white people to join the cause. But with MLK, white people joined the cause. He got shot and they used his words to pacify us. And there really was not that much change. So what we need to do, you know, we can't all just say, you know, I get that. Of course, it's dope that white people are fighting for us. You know, oh, yeah, they're out for the cause. But at a certain time, just like with anything, you know, we're hip hop babies. Hip hop is at the top right now. So everybody cares about it. But for a minute, it was a subgenre or a culture, a subculture for just black people. So white people care about it right now before to a certain degree, they might not care about it forever. So we got to keep fighting for change no matter what. Oh, fact. It doesn't matter what white people think about to a certain degree because we, our communities need to be strong together. Fact. And I hope that they're helping us because it's going to create a certain amount of change. I think to a certain degree, if it was just us out there, yeah, it might have been more hectic, but we got to fight for our own shit because it's not going to always be that way. They're not going to be there for us unless they just want to be. They don't have to empathize with us, you know? Yeah. No, no, I, I, I 100% agree with that. We, it, it starts in the Black community. Mm-hmm. It starts in the Black community because it, it, it makes, like you said, white people can get bored after a minute and their lives will go back to normal. You know what I'm saying? They won't, they won't, they won't have to worry about it, nothing else. They'll be like, all right, whatever, whatever. We try to help them Black folks. Black folks, we can't get bored. No, no, because when we go back to our lives, it's still going to be the same turmoil if we don't continue to fight for change. So, Speaking, bro, white people are going to get bored of social inequality. But, hey, they're going to be like, ah, right, well, we tried. Uh, I, You know what? And it sounds like a likely scenario. As sad as it is to say, you know, people's attention spans nowadays. It's short. And this brings back to what we were talking about with media. The media is not showing us all the stuff. People have short attention spans. You need that in their face every day. You know that people need to see that news in their face every day so that people will continually care about something because a lot of people aren't really empathetic like that. People will see news about something that's happening in Yemen. Uh, Over half of Yemen's population is completely starving. Nobody gives a they don't care about yeah i've seen that too empathy left in a world where everybody sees everybody else because so many people die that it just gets swept under the rug and nobody gives a fuck if it does not affect you directly you probably don't give a fuck so white people sure as hell won't give a fuck in about a month i give it to them i probably won't give a fuck so what ray said black people yes we need to continue the movement continually every single day pushes down our legislators throats our government's throats and the people's throats because you need to know black lives matter that's point blank period that's what you need to know unbelievable yeah, yeah and the level of cynicism where certain people I, re- I recognize that in my community where people sometimes say like i don't want to vote because it doesn't create change or something well that's why things are the way they are Who's to say if you voted for people who care about what you are for and what you care about, that they wouldn't do something? 
Because if you don't do anything, if you just sit and let things happen, well, look what happens. We got someone in office where we might not have wanted them to be in office. And look at what's going on right now. You got to do something, like, whether it's protesting or voting, like, something has to be done. Both. Yeah, both. Hopefully you're doing both or trying to create change in whatever way you can. That's what I'm saying. Like, all the cynicism saying nothing's going to change, that has to go. Because that's why things get stuck. You get complacent. Like AC said last episode, I think you get complacent. You got to create change and get a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you notice how things are starting to happen now that the collective is starting to say something. Isn't that so weird? We're not even voting right now and shit's happening. We're just telling the government that they're fucking up. We're telling the system that they're fucking up. They've been fucked up and that they need to change and they're starting to do something about it. Just keep keep saying stuff. People will listen because we're a majority. People who want what's right is a majority. We're going to wrap it up with the topics for right now. We got really heavy. Hope y'all appreciated some of that. Maybe talk about some of this stuff with yourselves, with your friends, all this. Um, talk about these topics. Get back to us. Tell us what you think about these type of things. Um, I know this was really dense, but um, definitely needed to be talked about. We haven't really shared our thoughts that much since last time we met up. So, you know, this is basically all of our raw thoughts just for y'all. So we about to get back into this shit. Um, you know, we got a lot of music that came out. A lot of fucking music. Not really. Just some shit that we're passionate about. Uh, I really want to start off with, um, you know, the Italian chef himself, the Coke Cruiser, the Mad Lib, Beat Extraordinaire, Freddie Gibbs coming out with Alfredo, album of the fucking year, album of the fucking year. We're going to call it now. It's up there. It's up there. It's up there. I don't know. It's up there, though. (laughs) Um... Shit, I I really want to start this off because I just go go, bro. I want you to review every track. Every track? Uh, no, I'm just playing. But do do you, bro? I support you. So this album is is beautifully beautifully made. Um, Alchemist, a beautiful work in the production from front to back. Every single transition flows into the next one. The beats don't sound too samey. Uh, he does a really good job in in changing into the next beat. So sometimes you'll be like, oh, was I listening to this before? But if you listen to each track individually, you will know there's a distinct, uh, there's a very distinct sound to each beat as you go throughout the project. And they mesh together very beautifully. And Freddie does a great job on about every single track uh, with his delivery, his flow, his message. Uh, we have messages about social injustice uh, in tracks such as Scotty Beam. We have deep introspective songs like skinny suge something to rap about um and we just got you know some gritty coke raps from coke rat coke rat king if you're not kind of like push a t i mean push a t might be ahead of him but you know Freddie freddie's catching up man he's catching up this is a solid 10 out of 10 project uh 35 minutes you're not wasting any time go ahead Ray. this album's really really good man um there's not really I can say negative about it. Every track, like Deadly said, flows into one another really well. 1985 was the dopest track to lead as a single. It was dope as an intro. And I feel like every track after that just fit the vibe as well. It was hard. Even when Alchemist chose to put a softer beat, 
like babies and fools or look at me where it's really just a sample and like some ambient production or just like a moody vibe they killed it at, there was no misses on this um tyler killed his feature besides tyler every other feature like benny and conway they all did their job exceptionally well no misses ac what do you think well first off i want to say alchemist does not miss bro <laughs> does not miss i mean there's there's i mean outstanding b production on this for real my favorite song by far well i don't i don't know god is perfect is dope skinny yeah. shit dope all glass is dope and i mean benny the benny the butcher comes in he kills his feature as well Tyler killed his feature as well. Conway the Machine killed his feature. So I, I, I really don't see any misses in this whole project. To be oh. honest, I mean, from his last album that he put out, you know, I feel like this is better than what he put out, even though the last one he put out was great. I personally have a lot of saved songs on this on my Spotify. Not every single song. I didn't. I didn't keep the whole album. I mean, there was a couple I didn't really like, like Rick Ross. Rick Ross actually didn't do a horrible job, though. I, I like. I'm a fan of Rick Ross. I ain't gonna cap with you. I kind of like Rick Ross. Not, not, not my favorite artist. But even though he came into the track with Freddie Gibbs, he still did his thing. But I mean, tracks like that, they're okay. But for the majority, I think this was a really good album, and. Again, Alchemist does not miss, bro. Like the 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 beats, I can just ride around and just listen to this man, just his beats and whatever. But getting his beat, you know, with a mix of his beats and then Freddie Gibbs coming on and spitting on a track, yeah, you're gonna have a good good album. It was fine. I'm gonna have to disagree with you for a second. Scotty <laughs> Beam is a top three track on the whole. Nah, nah. I think Rick did his. I think he didn't do bad, like I said. I don't. I don't think he did bad. So don't take it as you know. It's a terrible song, but with the other contenders on here, the other tracks he has on here, I don't know if this is. Would you consider a top three? Okay. Well, I'm maybe this isn't really. And what's the other? What's your other? If if you put this as top three, what's the other two? I get to it in a second. Um. So basically, not me necessarily musically wise, but I say that this is top. It's just, you know, the message, the the revolution will be televised. And you, we're talking about like that kind of level of like revolution theme music. That's basically what I feel like this is. So I feel like that's why it pushed it up so far for me. Rick Ross doesn't do as much as Freddie Gibbs does in his verse when he's talking about the revolution in general. He kind of goes off on his own tangent, but he did come, he did come all right on the track. But I think that's just why it puts it up so far for me. The other two, of my favorite song, something to rap about is number one, um, and then Frank Lu- Frank Lucas is number two. Something to rap about, you know, just deeply introspective track uh, of Freddie Gibbs. Uh, what what he does, uh, he you know he says God made God made me sell crack, so I have something to rap about. Um, basically, <laughs> sums up his whole verse uh, and you know what he's talking about throughout, and he's so eloquent with what he's talking about and how he sells crack he makes it sound insane and then Tyler talks about uh his coming up from being uh, a young rambunctious uh music creator uh back in his wolf days and now he's a, a businessman now 
now he's about his business and he's making this money and he's doing all these wonderful things for his life and how his life is like picking up. I love to hear about that. And that nigga can rap his ass off. I don't know if there's another rapper in the game that is putting out music this year that sounds so effortless when they go on a beat than Tyler the Creator because he's just so musically in tune at this point. It's crazy. Um, Frank Lucas, close follow-up because that beat just bangs so fucking hard. That shit knocks. It's crazy. And it matches Benny the Butcher so well, but the fact that Freddie Gibbs and Benny the Butcher can do the same shit and they can like be conjoined so well on a track with the Alchemist giving them the proper tool set with that beat, that shit just blew my mind. Whole album, bro. Whole album is 10 out of 10. It's crazy. I could go on for days with this album, but Frank Lucas and uh, something to rap about. Just, I mean, I'm in love with those songs. So, I mean, are we all going to go through and give our top three of the the album, or is this the, that's just what you wanted to do? You can yeah. go. I really just wanted to talk about those tracks in general. Yeah, well, I mean, going back to what you said about Scotty Beam, I think I think a better version of obviously I'm I'm not I'm not trying to compare like he he wasn't doing a comparison on two tracks on his own album, but I think Baby S H I T a great job of exploiting how they kind of put us in the box and tried to keep us in the box. Like the ending of the track when he was speaking about when the, you know, they had the interlude or whatever, the little skit about how he loved, you know, and I'm sure there was a white man speaking and you can tell how, he, you know, the tone of voice. And he was talking about he loves when a when a black baby is born with a, a defect in a sense or or something that like an addiction or whatever it is because it's holding us down. So whatever there is to hold us down, he loves it and he gets like a, a kick out of that. I think that was amazing to put that, you know, in in his album and mix that in as well. I think that was really awesome. My top three, I don't know, if the, I, I don't put it in any order. I'm going to say God is Perfect, Skinny Shug. It's either between Baby S-H-I-T or Frank Lucas. So that that's, I, but I don't have any order though. That's just, that's just my three though. I should have gave my top three, but I loved how AC pointed out the fact that that little skit about the the babies having defects about selling crack and shit. Um, I think that's a dope interlude, and I love how that led into the track "Babies and Fools." I actually really messed with that track, and I think Conway and him did a good job of talking about how they need to give their children all that they have, even though sometimes they don't. And I feel like that leads well into my top three tracks because. My top three is God is Perfect, Something to Rap About, and Babies and Fools. I actually really like, I feel like every feature on this album did their best. Even Rick Ross, it gave me Devil in the New Jazz vibes, where it was like, that's not usually what Rick Ross brings to the table. He no, did yeah. well above his thing, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was just crazy to hear. And I hope I didn't undersell this album at first. I really love this project too. It's just... I need to listen to it more before I give it the classic slash like 10 out of 10. But I love that Dead Lee's already at that point because it gives me those vibes. I definitely feel what he's saying. Bro, it's it's crazy. And and you know what? As I constructed my top three, I was looking at other songs. God is perfect. Skinny Shug, bro. Skinny Shug is such a good song. Oh my God. The, the, the beat alone. The, the beat 
the the stuff he's talking about just in general it's just oh my god it's it's hard to put other songs above each other when you have an album where you have every song being good and then you're having trouble ranking like what song's the best like you know you got a 10 out of 10 album you know you got 10. i can't do that with a uh, to butterfly either i can't pick my favorite song all right so we're gonna have to wrap this up with the skinny shug talk um y'all know we could talk about it all day um but you know we got other music on our palette um, one that, you know, Ray Love was really excited for coming out. We got RTJ4 by Run. Yes. Those are his boys. Yes, sir. LP and Killer Mike. Yeah, LP and Killer Mike, uh, you know, bringing us some classics yet again. Another 39-minute album close to what Skinny, uh, not Skinny should, Alfredo was, 35 minutes, so only four minutes longer. I'm going to let Ray Love. Go ahead and lead us off. I'm about to go in a little bit. I'll try to be not too long, but uh, I'm going to tell you all this. When As soon as they dropped Yankee and the Brave and Ooh La La, the first two singles, um, I knew that this album was going to be something special because Run the Jewels 2 was my favorite album the year that dropped. And I feel like Run the Jewels 3 was a good middle ground, but they definitely dropped the quality. At that point, they were dropping yearly. What they did was they took, how long? Let me see, sorry. A three-year break, three to four years, and then they dropped this. And at this climate, in this climate we're in, this album was super relevant because I feel like it's like Deadly was saying earlier, it's revolutionary music. A lot of the lyrics pertains to police brutality or just a system oppressing you and feeling like you need to be above it. <laughs> the production on this album, when I tell you, it's in my alley, like every beat on this album when it came on i was excited like i was like this shit is coming this music is crazy like out of sight with two chains <laughs> bro i'm tough like this gave me the vibes of run the jews too when i say that i mean that because it's like it was something i hadn't heard from them in a way like the features for real on this for real on that hook bro like it yeah. was it was run the jewels at a higher level. This is what I want to run the jewels three to be. It was it was crazy to hear them do this in a way that could apply to even mainstream like I'm not saying it's mainstream music, but like I could see that catchy ass hook with Pharrell on the radio. It worked. Zach De La Rocha killed that. This is my this could be my album of the year so far. Like, you know, I, I there's no misses on this. I, I was comparing it to Arm and Hammer. When I was first talking about it, I don't. I was tripping. I was tripping. This is in his own lane. I'm sorry. Who wants to go next though? I had to. I might even go in after one of y'all talk. I'm sorry, but this is. <laughs> I all right. I mean, I'm gonna say I definitely agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, there's not a single miss on this entire thing. The energy that is consistently brought the enticing flows that consistently brought throughout the album tied in with the insane production over and over and over um you know just pushes this album to to the same levels as alfredo uh it's a different type of music obviously but oh my god it's it's insane but like you said the two chains feature on out of sight uh my favorite two chains feature in a while uh he hasn't made a lot of music lately that i've been slapping but mm -hmm. you know, they the way they elevate the artists that are on here it's two chains or it's pharrell 
uh, is pretty fucking crazy. Um, you were saying something about revolution music, uh, walking in the snow. <laughs> Shout out to Gangsta Boo. I was gonna say that she killed that. Yeah, um, one of the best songs on here. Um, mm-hmm. And just and just times where the slow Killer Mike will slow down and he'll just like be talking to you about the stuff that's going on. Um, and it's like the beat's still going. He's still flowing, but it feels like he's just talking to you. So it's it's crazy. It's crazy. He's uh he's very uh, it's very vivid. Everything he talks about is very vivid. You can see everything he's talking about. Same with LP throughout the entire album. Uh, it's just crazy. It, is, it really is crazy. I know what you mean about the the drop off as well for RTJ3, um, because I remember listening to it. I wasn't as big of a fan of Run the Jewels as you were. I know you were mm-hmm. insane into that when I first met you. It was around 2014. Um, mm-hmm. You were you had the hoodie and everything. I remember that. <laughs> that shit was hell funny. Um, I did listen to that, and I loved Run the Jewels too. And then I came back to Run the Jewels three, and I just it didn't hit the same, and I just kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Insane, insane. Yeah. AC, AC, I want to hear your thoughts. I know we've been going on little tirades, but this is definitely not something I typically listen to. So let me let me get off start. Let me start off like that. Go in, bro. I want your true on. We want your opinion, bro. This to me is like I don't, I don't even know how to categorize it. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I've heard Ooh La La actually where I first heard the song was from Ozark. Mm-hmm. Of Ozark. That's exactly where I heard it. I didn't even know this was a new track that came out. I was like, huh, this is pretty cool. I was like, all right, this sounds cool. Like, you know, I, I Shazammed it or whatever. I asked Siri. I said, Siri named this tune. So I was like, all right, this is, this is pretty cool. So then when I went, when I was looking at the text and I, y'all was like, you know, you got to listen to uh, Run the Jewels 4. I was like, okay, all right, I'll check it out. And I saw that come out. I was like, oh, okay. So I put the pieces together. Now listen to the whole album. It's not something I can continually go back to. It's not like, it, to me, it's not like something like Freddie Gibbs or Kendrick Lamar. So it's different for me. Do I believe, do I uh, respect their music ability? Yeah, I do. That Just me personally, I'm not a humongous fan. Not saying that it's, oh, the album wasn't good. No, I'm just talking about that in, in terms of like the sound and different stuff like that. I'm just not a huge fan of that. But I mean, they had good tracks on it. Like you, like you guys have mentioned, you know, 2 chains on there. 2 chains really surprised me when I was listening to it. I, you know, I'm when I hear two chains, I'm thinking of all I want for my birthday is a big booty hoe. <laughs> but you know, he came out and was something you know better than that. Even though big uh, birthday, you know that 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 was a banger. But he came <laughs> he came out he came out with something a little more mature, I would say, if that's the if I you know if I can use that. Are you really disrespecting Two Chains right now, Carter? Uh, I am disrespecting Two Chains. We can go back to Titty Boy days. Like we can go back before he was Two Chains. Are you acting like, bro? Two Chains. Two Chains will have a story based on a true story was not a classic album, bro. You can't. We ain't saying all that. You can't sit here and tell me Two Chains ain't have 
maybe a handful of good features. Yeah, so like I said, I mean, it's not something I typically listen to. And I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and act like, man, this was fire. I'm gonna go back and listen to it again and again and again. No, I mean, I'm not. But it, it wasn't bad though. I, I mean, you know, for something that I don't normally listen to, it, it wasn't bad. I'm sorry, I, I, Ray is really upset right now. <laughs> I really no. do. I really apologize. It's just not. It's just not no. me. I'm I need just, it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I mean, because that's why I say I wanted your opinion, unfiltered opinion. Because if you don't really vibe with the beats, I get it. Because I was gonna say yeah. LP. That's what's so great about this production to me. You either like it or you don't, because his style is not the conventional style. Not, it's super experimental. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just not, not. It's not the traditional hip hop beat that I'm, I'm yeah. accustomed to. So yeah. now, but like I said, I'm not going to take away from their abilities and talents. You know, they're talented. Yeah. They're That's talented. what. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm saying? But it's just, yeah, it's just not, not my cup of tea. I don't know how to describe it really, but I feel like I'm, uh, right. Like it's like a party type beat, like a, like a, um, I don't even know how to really. Like a, like a, what you say? Fetty Wap. What? No, it does not sound like nothing Fetty Wap. Why are you trying to guess? I don't know. Fetty Wap. Party, like dubstep? Party, yes. Yeah, like, like a Skrillex type of stuff. Like, yeah, it's almost, it's almost like they're incorporating a little bit of electronic. Um, EDM or some, some, I don't know if EDM's right. You guys are- you guys, you just said to get like, bro. All right, I love it. He said, "Really, bro? It, it, it's what it sound like, bro." I, <laughs> I respect it, but I did like "Ooh La La." That was that was a cool track. Oh man! All right. Well, I mean, I do see some electronic influence in the production, but. Saying it's Skrillex, it might be going a little too far, but but <laughs> I can't I can't agree that um, you know the production is not something that's uh, for somebody who doesn't like listen to experimental music all the time. You might, you might not be expecting something like that, so you're probably just like, oh well, I don't really like this album. But I promise, as you listen to more experimental music and you listen to it over and over and over again, it just kind of clicks just like all music does so it's really good it's really good uh i i encourage everybody to listen to it more if they don't like it the first time or the second time or the third time because that sometimes happens with albums and then you end up really liking it It might never happen so and then you can just give up whenever you want that's the beauty of music you don't have to you don't have to do that has (laughs) meek mill has been um, using his influence to talk about the oppression of African Americans as far as the incarceration system goes, because he was incarcerated and he had an issue with the legal system and he got out of it luckily because he has support, but not everybody has that support. And I feel like that's why he's been using this platform to speak on that. Yeah. And this single, the other side of America, is him doing that again. And I wanted to ask you, AC, what do you think of this single? 
Well, let's start off about how I started the track off by using Trump's uh his I don't know when he when he when that speech was. I don't know if that was his can one of his campaign speech. I don't I don't know. But when he was like, what do you have to lose? And stuff like that. I I think that was the great way to start off your track and then speak about all the the injustice that's going on. You know, Meek Mill, he I have seen where, you know, since he's gotten out, you know, due to people helping him out, you know what I'm saying? He's been trying to reach back and help somebody else. So that's why I really admire Meek Mill. You know, people may have their uh, things about about him saying like, oh, you know, he's not a gangster. He'd be rapping about this and that, but he's not, you know, whatever, right? But I really see him as he's a, he's a reach one, teach one type dude. Like, you know, somebody helped him out. He's trying to reach back and help somebody else out, you know. I per, about the music, you know, about his track. I think it was cool, but I mean, his bias coming. I'm a, I, I mess with Meek, you know. I, I mess with Meek pretty heavy, you know, in terms of you know, uh, music. So, and I'm and actually I mess with him heavy, you know, outside the music. So that's why I was checking for Meek Mill. But I do think the uh, track was a good track. I think you know he uh, he is a uh, you know a good voice for some people who are unheard, like uh, people who have been wrongfully accused and, you know, constantly are in the cycle of, uh, in the system. And I, I think he's a voice for that because like you said, like you mentioned earlier, he he has been in, in the system and is lucky enough that he has people that are in his corner that can make change and, you know, help him out. So he's trying to speak for those who don't have people in this corner. So I, I mess with me. I mess with the track too. For sure, for sure. I pretty much. I mean, I agree that this track was a dope track. Um, his other single, "Believe" with Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. it was so so for me. But again, he was using his voice to talk about things, and I love that Meek Mill was doing that because I always thought out of these newer, you know, the, at the time when we were growing up. He was a newer rapper and he was coming up and he was rapping, doing songs with Drake and sometimes like rappers like Kendrick and stuff like he could rap better than a lot of the other uh, of his other contemporaries. And the fact that he's using that ability now to talk about things is perfect to me because I'm not saying like he's the best in this lane now, but I love what he's doing and he still keeps that funny wordplay in there like every once in a while. Um, I just feel like I don't know what he's going to do album-wise. You know, I'm always an album guy. And if he does an album like this, I think he could be dope. Because the two tracks, like I said, even though Believe was kind of iffy for me, this, yeah, he it was they were still both solid. I like this one way more. Because like you said, he started with the Donald Trump speech. That was powerful. Yeah. He pointed out, you know, just like, this is the other side of America. This is what the Black Dale do that you might not be seeing. But he still, like I said, he kept yeah. some, yeah. And I love the line, Uzi on me, all my friends are dead, nigga, we lonely. Like, it's just like, again, rap is a platform for us to talk about things that our community goes through. And even he used the song that's like playful and stuff. But he's like, nah, this, that shit's real, bro. Like, my friends are dead, bro. This this is real stuff. We lonely. Like, blacks are dying. We getting killed out here. Like, this ain't no joke. These songs are all of them are jokes, mm-hmm. and this is a perfect example of that. And I love that he uses, but he's using his platform for a good cause right now. 
And I hope it doesn't hurt his bottom line. Yeah. Uh, as for, I, mean, I know you're speaking about albums, you know, what he's going to do. I hope he doesn't have a lot of singing tracks. I, I feel like that was the issue with Believe. Like, mm-hmm. you know, adding Justin Timberlake, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm always about it when rappers are rapping. I don't, I'm not a huge, like, singing guy, you know what I'm saying? Or like a softer sound. I feel like it makes it the, the sound a little softer when you're singing. You know what I'm saying? I think Meek, if he if he stays true to his rapping abilities and keeping the tracks like, you know, the upside of America, I think he'll have a good project coming. Like, you know, good in, you know, the sense of Meek Mill. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It ain't going to be no certified classic or nothing, I don't think. But, well, I mean, you never know. You never know what he can put out. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not looking for that when Meek Mill drops. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it a buck. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm just looking for a couple tracks that you know. He got heat. He, you know, a few. You know, a few tracks. Meek Mill gonna put out. He got some heat. Yeah. That's just what I'm looking. At. I'm looking for Meek to put out a few tracks. That's it. Same. Same. Pretty not much. Album. Not an album. Just put out some few tracks. That's what I'm looking for Meek to do. I mean, it would be dope though if he put out an album. His first album. I mean, I don't mess with it fully. But Dreams and Nightmares. That a lot of people say like that's a solid album. I can see why they would say that. So I think he got one in him, especially if he wants to take it to this conscious, semi-conscious lane. I think he could do it pretty well. It's just, we got to see, like you're saying. I'm not yeah. expecting it, but it would be dope. We'll see. It would be dope we'll if he see. does. We'll see. Uh, yes, sir. So that leads us into our next single that we got to talk about, which is Lil Baby's The Bigger Picture. Um, I think it reflects a lot of the same themes that, you know, Nino has been portraying in his music are reflected in a little baby song, just talking about his experience as a black American growing up, dealing with the system in general, the legal system going through, what uh, people are going through, stuff like that. Um, probably one of the best uses of platforms I've seen as far as somebody just talking about issues going on, um, similar to Meek Mill, just using uh, what people people really like his uh, his rap uh, flow formula that he does, just incorporating conscious lyrics and about stuff that he's going through um, into the music really just makes it that much more meaningful. Because you know, what does Lil Baby usually talk about in his music? Is it really shit that we care about that much? Not really. Um, <laughs> so, but he's doing it now with his his flow, his style, um, with some conscious shit. So now it, it really is some, some meaningful music that I appreciate, that I appreciate from Lil Baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, as y'all know, I am not the biggest Lil Baby fan. Hmm. He drops some solid tracks every once in a while, but I'm not like, yo, let me check for Lil Baby. But when I heard he was using his platform and his his skills in a way that translate to a more conscious rap, I mean, conscious sound, I was like, let me check for it. Um, Deadly was like, yo, you need to listen to this. Checked it out. I was impressed. I was actually impressed. I mean, he went over things. He didn't sound preachy. He didn't change his style much to make it sound like he was like, 
trying to be like Kendrick or J. Cole. It was a little baby track that was relevant and that talked about his perspective on what was going on. You know, he said that he, you know, he knows, you know why he speaks about what he speaks about. Because he was a young nigga selling drugs and he committed crimes. And luckily for him, it turned out to work. And now he's just like, I can use my voice because we've seen people fighting for peace for years, dying for peace for years and nothing's changing. So let me use what platform I have and the way I, my skills to bring awareness. And I love it. I mean. I'm not saying I'm going to slap it every day, but it's definitely getting a little rotation for me right now because it was, it was cool. It was, it was, it was dope to see him do it. I didn't think he had it in him, to be honest. <laughs> like, I was impressed. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> what do you think, AC? Well, as Ray said, I'm the same boat. I'm not a huge Lil Baby fan. Um, obviously, I'm a I'm a give kudos to you when you come out you using your platform to you know build our community up. So I'm never gonna knock you for that. So you know, shout out to him for that. Um, you know, him and me are in the same boat in terms of using their platform. So I appreciate that. Um. The track was the track was cool, um, but the most important aspect of it, you're building our culture up. He's making and putting out music that's letting people know about what's going on. So, shout out to Lil Baby. Yeah, it, like like we come to expect it from Meek Mill to a certain degree now because he's starting to do that. He's starting to drop tracks like this. This was out of nowhere for Lil Baby. Like I get that with everything that's going on. He might have felt propelled to do it, but no, I don't think anyone was asking for him to do this. And it was great to see him just do it, and it worked out well. Because unlike AC, you know, I agree that it's dope that you're using your platform to talk about things from the Black perspective and use that. But some artists try to do it, and it feels gimmicky, preachy, or it comes off wrong. So it's like, I can knock you sometimes, but I couldn't knock him for this because he did it well surprisingly like really well yeah yeah some, yeah some artists could just be doing it to like just save face or you know put some sad to say but put something out and then gain followers from it you know <laughs> some may, some people some people may use it in that aspect in that way but i don't see that coming from little baby and me I, I really see it coming from a genuine place of care and support yeah you know, it's like when people on Twitter were crucifying YG because he was recording a music video and he was using the crowds to record his music video and people were calling him uh, corny and he was propping himself up because he's using protests to shoot a music video instead of actually being in the protests. So uh, the fact that a little baby was able to do this, execute it damn near flawlessly spread a positive message overall is the biggest W I've seen from little baby ever. So that's, you know, he, he's, he's jumping up to the forefront in uh 2020, you know, people saying he has no misses 
You got a couple, but you know he's he's gaining some relevancy. For sure. Okay, see that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not gonna just because he put out a track. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna say this nigga ain't got no misses, bro. He got a bunch. Stop playing with me. This man just put out an album that was booty. I'm not <laughs> saying this man has no misses, bro. Stop playing. Stop the cap. Stop the cap. Yeah. We're not about to do that. We're not about to sit here and cap. Say he got no misses. We're going to keep it nice and simple, like I said. <laughs> he he is empowering black folks. You <laughs> waited for one moment to attack somebody and no. you went on him. Nah, I told it. We're gonna keep it simple. He's empowering black folks. He's bringing light to the situation and he's using this platform. We're not gonna say this man is a classic. We're not gonna say this man is a goat. We're not gonna do that. People really are, though. That's what's crazy. But I mean, we're not doing that. We're not gonna say. I agree. Sheesh. That's pretty much it. Pretty much all we want to talk about. Yeah. I'm high and I'm tired. This is well, my baby. Hashtag, hashtag the baby has no misses. <laughs> okay, the baby. Stop. I need to stop before I start roasting. The babies the baby have no misses. Shout out to Meek. He ain't got no misses, bro. Meek don't miss. Y'all, so we got to wrap it up. Uh, it's late. Working all night, slaving to give y'all this episode. So, uh, mm-hmm. hope, y'all, hope y'all appreciate it. Hope y'all listen the whole way. If you left at the 40 minute mark, uh, you didn't get to this part. Um, sorry for you. We'll be back. More topics, more music to, re- to review. Send us music to review. Uh, send us beats, thhb podcast at gmail.com, uh, at hip hop pod on yes, sir. Twitter, um, at hip hop the Hip Hop Babies podcast on Instagram. Thank you, everybody, for listening, for checking for our episodes. We appreciate it. Deadly, the host, AC, the best guest ever, JK. <laughs> Arguably the most important member of the podcast. And Ray, your boy, signing out. Peace. Peace. Peace.